0: The Breakdown with Bethany is a mom.com podcast. Hi, and welcome back to the breakdown with Bethany. I'm Bethany Ron Silva, and today we are going to be talking to Neha Roosh. Neha is the founder of the platform Mother Untitled, and we are going to be talking all things work, ambition, taking breaks, career pivots, and her partnership with Kiko. So you're definitely not going to want to miss this one. Well, let's jump in because, uh, yeah. I'm going to give you a little bit of my background because you did mention like entrenched in parenting media. So I jumped into parenting media, mom media when I was 27 years old and a first time mom and sort of like did both, like just like went with it. So I never really like the idea of sort of like taking a career pause to have kids was never really an option. Like the kids were already in the mix, but I love what you're doing and the message that you send that you like you're advocating for mothers working, taking the break. And that really is what mother untitled. It is from like an outsider perspective, but tell us why, what inspired you to start this business, um, And also, I'm I'm the title, like the the name for it. I would love to get more insight on that, because I feel
1: like there's so much depth there that I think at first glance, um, it's hard to pick up on. So. I'll back up. I started it because I'd spent about a decade in advertising. And then I got my MBA from Stanford, there were really high career expectations on what was coming next. And then I had my baby boy. And I finally, I think I finally found something I'd been looking for that felt bigger, which was peace. And I said, you know what, like, I really feel like we have the resources, I have the confidence to be able to downshift my career for a period of time. And that felt right for our family. And I got gobsmacked by just the like overarching stigma. um and societal pushback about what does it mean for an ambitious woman to say they're going to pause or downshift? and now granted this was you know 2016 when the lean in movement was still the rallying cry and the girl boss era was still shining um and so I was looking around and there was a ton of content supporting the traditional concept of the quote-unquote working mother but meanwhile in my days at home I was still working two days out of the home And the rest of the time I was at home with my son meeting these incredible women who were either taking really deliberate conscious pauses with equitable marriages where they felt like they were carrying an even amount of labor, but they were saying, you know what? I trust myself to go back in two years and, or I'm going to find, figure out some other way to freelance or consult, or they were tinkering with a new idea. And I said, this does not match up to this character of the state home. Mother That we've been left with and that society is penalizing us with. And so I initially started Mother Untitled as my own collective of experiences and women to shine a light on this new version of the woman making room for family life to show it's not black and white. And it has grown into a movement to really redefine that narrative so that women can choose to pause or shift without penalty Um, and the nature of untitled is twofold. One is this incredible opportunity when you step away from the gravitas of a work title, that comes like that brings up a lot of feelings and yet it can actually unlock a huge amount of exploration and opportunity. And then the other thing, which is really particularly poignant at this moment is dismantling the really antiquated title of stay at home and working mother.
0: I did have Rajma Sojani on to talk about sort of the current state of working motherhood, and I know she does a lot of advocacy around that. Um, And you mentioned that when you started, it was like the girl boss, right? Like, like we're seeing such a pushback for all of that. But I'd love to hear from your perspective: how would you define the current state of working motherhood? And which is sort of like a redundant thing. I hate to say that every mother is a working woman, but um, how would you describe it? And then sort of going forward, what changes either on like, you know, a government level or even sort of just like at home, you know, or, you know, how, what would you, what is it now? And what would you like to see? So,
1: you know, one of the things Rashma and I share is this belief that what the pandemic did is it shined a light on the cracks And it's through the cracks that the light gets in. Like, I do believe that. And I think that um, it also reminded us that we're all in this together, right? And that we have this um, shared reality that we're all navigating and we're all trying to do the best that we can do. And I think that was the gift of the last few years. And for that reason, I do feel cautiously optimistic because I do think what it did was it compelled sort of a nationwide cultural reckoning around what are our values, what are we really um, up against and what do we need to make this all work? And I think it's created a reexamination of work and family that is really going to be ultimately positive. I do think from a policy level, you know, what I wish for is like a kind of base level is paid family leave so that women, I will tell you that one of the most heartbreaking messages I get and I get often is from women who write me two weeks postpartum saying, I don't know what to do if I want to pause my career or go back. And I say to them every single time, take every bit of leave if you have the privilege to have leave. And if you don't, don't make any decisions at this moment. Try and test and learn and reiterate. And that's a whole other podcast, but we almost have to advocate for ourselves and figure out how to create a place where we're not making those kinds of decisions under such duress and physical duress. Um, And mental duress. So, you know, that's from like a systemic policy change level, which, uh, you know, unfortunately feels a little out of our control at the moment. But from a personal level and a community level, I feel a lot of optimism. I think women have a shared recognition of what we're all working on. I do believe that we are starting to recognize this like vast area that we are all working in some capacity that we are all learning and growing if we are at home for a period of time, and that women in the workplace need more support. So I do think that we have a great amount of capacity to better advocate for our needs in the home. So to ask for help and, you know equitable households and job sharing within the households so that we can have more room to work on other things. I think Eve Rodsky is doing amazing work around that with Fair Play. I think that national discourse has really grown. I think from a community level, we have this incredible ability to sort of share and pass along opportunities to each other. You know, I have an incredible example from within my community, of a woman who had just taken on a flexible role um, as a GM for a a great company. And she brought in a woman who had, from our community, who had taken a five-year career break. And because she got it, she understood that that woman had still been growing, had still been creating, had been evolving, and could contribute great amounts of impact in the workplace. So that's where I think real change can happen. I do think in the end, it'll be the women.
0: I love that. I love that. I And just to share with you, I started a new job four weeks post-emergency C-section with my second and just did not have the resources, the wherewithal to say, I need more time to ask... It, it, it's and it is heartbreaking so that is the word that really resonates with me and that's why I do the sort of work that I do and want to talk to people like you because I really don't want that to happen to anybody else so I'm so glad that you said that I I can't really it's just it really is but let's talk about get your gig on I mean Kiko is obviously one of our favorite you know baby product brands from strollers to feeding and all of that so but you're, you're doing something different with them so tell us about that. I am. So I have to tell you, when
1: they reached out, I was so struck because for a long time in building Mother Untitled, it's felt like an uphill battle a little bit to say there is a new way parents are engaging with work and there is an increasing population reimagining what work looks like and finding new ways to blend passions and flexibility into into their family life. And for Kiko to be able to say, we're taking ownership of that. Not only are we serving families to create products that make life easier, we're actually studying this population. So you might know that they actually commissioned a fantastic survey that really studied parents and their approach to work and family and specifically the gig economy. And so what they did by doing that is they really added a level of gravitas and credibility to this conversation around the gray area. So, you know, what Kiko is doing with the Get Your Gig On campaign is shining a light and saying there's an increasing amount of parents who are looking for ways to make income that blend in non-traditional ways. There are people holding onto passion projects alongside family life. And, you know, when they do that, what it does is it begins to shine a light in this larger conversation that there are non-traditional roots and there is a new approach to career. And to your point about what do I hope for in the state of working motherhood, I think that one of the best things we can do is start to shift the dialogue around From career ladder to career portfolios and things like this Get Your Gig campaign show that we are multi-hyphenated human beings who are working and growing in really interesting, unique ways. And so I was asked to be the face of their campaign and get to have conversations like this on their behalf, blending my insight, building our community with their incredible research and work as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's really fantastic because, you know, the pandemic was cruel to working mothers. And so now that we're sort of reemerging, it's nice to come back maybe with a certain, you know, rules in hand, right? Like we're going to do it our way. We're going to, you know, but it can be scary, especially if you are, you know, used to that sort of private sector, traditional nine to five. So what advice do you have to mothers in particular who, you know, want to take the leap, don't know where to start? Um, what, What would you say to them? So
1: first I think there's a big, nothing is final. Like, I think we put an incredible amount of pressure on making a choice and saying, this is a period, like we're going to take a pause. It's a period. This is a final. There's a big, there's something to be said for testing and learning. And I think what the, the gig economy as Kiko refers to it. I talk about it as the gray area. You can really test and learn as you go. And especially freelancing, consulting, or building small businesses, the digital tools available for us to do that whether we're doing it alongside our, our existing jobs and we sort of want to test how that feels and or we want to test it alongside family life and see how that feels by investing in sort of, you know, a block of of care um, to give ourselves the bandwidth to be able to do that. There are ways to take these small steps. And I really encourage women, especially the ones who are on pauses or downshifts to really embrace that, your pace doesn't outweigh your purpose. I think for the first few years of building my own project with Mother Untitled, you know, I had young kids and the reality was that I had to plant seeds for this in the available hours that I did. And I think really going in with clear expectations, because one of the saddest outcomes of the flexible work movement, if it's not done right, is that we get the false memo that now we can do more. We can mother full-time and we can work full-time. And that like does not work. Being able, whether it's a passion project, whether it's a small business, whether it's freelance economy, everything, if you're investing time into something else, you deserve a little bit of support so that you're able to have predictable windows of time. You can invest in that. And for a long time, I'll tell you in my own life with young kids, I really tried to take nap times just to, you know I, I didn't invest in childcare outside of um, you know, my partner. And and I think that was to my detriment because what it did was it wore me down so that I, you know, ultimately, even though I thought I'm going to work on this project alongside family life and it's going to fulfill me and make me whole, that only works if you're doing that in a very healthy way. And I think too often I see in my community of women who sort of downshift their paid work and their salary is they equate okay, I'm not doing as much paid work, so I don't deserve as much paid help. And obviously, um, you know, affordable childcare is like yet another issue that we have to tackle in this country, but we do have, and we have this on our site as well, lots of options for creative childcare solutions and ways to lean on our our partner as like a first chance. If, if we ha- are in a two parent household to get the help we need and that we deserve to invest in ourselves, including investing in pos- passion projects and small businesses.
0: Yeah. I think that's so interesting. I actually went through something like that last week where instead of I had, you know, normally it's an extremely busy day. I had a moderately busy day. So I thought, oh, I should just keep my kids home from camp. Um, yes. We've all done that. Why do we do that? Like, like, that. Like I, and and I actually ended up sending them because I sort of, I've, you know, been in Liz Mom media and talked to enough mothers to realize that that would have been a mistake and then I would have been able to spend the time being present with my kids. There would have been plenty of hours in the day when they returned home from camp where I went, where I would really appreciate that time, trying rather than trying to like manage both, right? My moderately busy work schedule and keeping them entertained, active, and me engaged with them. It just—I don't know why we do that. It's wild. I'm sure someone smarter than me has an answer. Well, what's
1: interesting about that is we unlike men. So men, I have noticed that the men, when they have an ounce of flexibility, they feel unashamed. And by the way, this is not a knock on them. It's a good, we should borrow it from them of using that flexibility to make themselves whole and healthy. When we have an ounce of flexibility, we say, okay, that flexibility needs to go immediately to our family. And I, and I think, you know, as we approach and navigate this new flexible, um, Work economy, we do need to redraft the rules and the societal expectations and our expectations of ourselves. But one of those expectations is we are, we do actually deserve margin just for ourselves.
0: Absolutely. And I'm wondering, because we were talking a little bit, my kids are seven and 11. And of course, they still need me, I still want to, I sort of like a sweet spot where they're old enough to do things on their own. But, um, you know, I still want to hang out with me. And obviously, the dynamic has shifted from when they were babies and toddlers. So I am able to give a lot to you know, my personal passion projects and work. Can you talk to me a little bit about how that shifted with you now that your kids are five and seven? What does you know, maybe like a workday look like? And how are you, I hate again to say balancing it,
1: but <laughs> again, blending, I mean, it's all, it's all the same means to the end. We're all saying the same thing. The, um, so I will tell you, I am glad you asked that question. When I first started um, motherhood, the motherhood journey, I took, I initially downshifted. And I think like I was talking about in terms of testing and learning, I wanted to see how the freelance life worked for me. And it worked, but it didn't give me enough meaning and enough income to offset the cost of childcare for those two days and, off, uh, you know, and make me feel gratified stepping away from my kid. And that was my own, but it took me a year to figure that out. At which point I decided to commit the full five dates at home and, and really invest in, in the passion project alongside. And a lot of that work was done during that time at nap time. And all of this worked. I had a babysitter for like a half day, you know, I, I it all made sense. And then I had a second kid and the reality of having a second Second kid is that's like a grenade into any version of balance or blend or whatever you want to call it. Like it just upends again. And I think that's so important for women in and men in the gray area to recognize is that yes, it can sound like the gray area is this like an amazing concept of having it all, but it's not because you're constantly recalibrating what has to give and how much you're able to give those different buckets. And so when I had my second child, it all came up ended. And I really had to sort of just keep the lights on. And I'm so glad I did. And plant the seeds for Mother Untitled in the fringe hours of the day. Because two kids really did take a lot out of me emotionally. And a lot of my time was going that way. And then when my kids, um, post-pandemic, both were school-aged, I had suddenly these blocks of time again, right? And I did bring on childcare. So I had during the school year, a babysitter, two afternoons a week so that I could get two full days of work time. And the remainder of the time I was with the kids blocking and tackling between them. And what it was able to do was really block schedule time to focus on the business. And then in 2022, when I signed um, a book deal, so I have a forthcoming book called The Power Pause, I reinvest, recalibrated again on what my care situation was, would look like. And now I'm investing even more time into the work um, versus family equation. And I think it's not necessarily versus, but it's. I I think I've come to trust that I can shift in the seasons and recalibrate often. And I also recognize that summer is a different beast than back to school, right? Like summer is in a way magical for me because my kids are at summer camp. I know for some women, it's the complete opposite. And then uh, back to school, I have like basically blocked off September to go into a hole and like deal with what it will look like to transition them back. And I think giving ourselves the flexibility not to overplay that word But to know that we are constantly going to be shifting what we can give our work selves, our our life selves, our relationships and our children and know that we have the ability to recalibrate often is a gift because that way it feels like you're not making this one forever decision and neglecting one thing.
0: Yeah, I think what I'm going to take from that for my own, you know, personal use is really just a little bit of forethought, like you said, like I haven't even started to think about September, because I can barely get through the next two weeks of July, but I think with yes, yeah, some careful planning, it will help me kind of yes like Help my kids transition to back to school without feeling like pulled in a million directions if I'm blocked off for work. So I love that. Thank you for that very practical mm-hmm. tip. I will be using it. Um, we're gonna wrap things up really quickly really soon, but I'm wondering, um, you know because we did talk about sort of like this motherhood collective and how, you know we are really advocates for ourselves, advocates for other. who others, who are some moms out there that you sort of look to for inspiration, guidance, and maybe some laughs, or they could be on oh. social media or wherever. I love that. So I'm glad you mentioned Rashma because I do think
1: her work in building of movement is, is work that I admire. I think that, you know, we're both building movements alongside one another. And I think it's important to recognize that we're actually, even though she has like traditionally focused on, or, you know, been bundled in the quote unquote working mother We're actually all working towards the same ends. And I think that that's a really interesting takeaway of the last couple of years. Eve Rodsky, I think her work is just fabulous. We share an editor now for for my book and and hers. And and so I feel lucky to be connected to her in that way. But I think fair play is really changing the game for women um, and partners in the home by giving them language and tools to share responsibilities. Um, Chamber of Mothers, I think from an advocacy perspective, gives women the tools to figure out like, how can we be activists? And by the way, I should say that for a lot of people, get your gig on, doesn't have to be a small business. It doesn't have to be a passion project. It can be activism and volunteerism. I think a huge percentage of our community stays connected to their identity and to their communities through volunteerism and activism. So I just think that they're a fantastic resource in in rallying women around.
0: That's incredible. All right, Neha, this has been so fantastic. Tell us what's next for Mother Untitled or sort of anything coming, you know, coming up in the next few months or a year. And then, of course, where can we find you? And, you know, the, the what would you call it? What is it? An organization, a movement? I, tell us where we can find you on social media, stuff like that.
1: So we are releasing something big in September. So stay tuned. But in the meantime, you can come visit. We're going to have a new beautiful site that speaks to this next phase of mother on launching on August 1st, but you can come visit us anytime, sign up for the newsletter, follow us on Instagram. We have a community of 100,000 moms there who are all in this incredible cohort of ambitious women in various stages of the gray area. So it's a great place to get inspiration and reframes. And just remember that we're all making the right choice for right now. And obviously we have the forthcoming book. So please pre-order when that becomes available in the spring.
0: Amazing. Oh, I will. I will pre-order. So thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.